If everyone may, please bow your head so I can praise him. Uh, Lord Jesus, I want to pray as we kick off this youth European year, Lord, for this transition, transitional period for everyone coming back, Lord, that you just make great changes and be able to open up great discussion within these small groups, Lord, and that this message can really connect to these kids, Lord, and that you can just make an extreme impact on them, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, you guys can find your seat real quick. How y'all doing? Good. All right, we're going to jump in here right away, but before I get too far ahead of myself, um, y'all spread out again. Nobody likes this stuff here. Huh? This is Katrina. You're good. Uh, before I get too far ahead of myself, I just wanted to say, um, uh, yeah, my name's Cole Anderson. If you don't know who I am, I really want to meet you and say hey, uh, but this lady that was up here with me too is my wife, um, and we're super excited to be helping lead uh, RL Youth here into the fall and into the spring next year is the plan and idea, but before... Um, uh, so before I did my message, I just want to say, hey, and that's who I am. Um, next week, I will think ahead of time, and I'll bring a little picture, and you can see my family, which is just me and my wife and my baby. But I really like my baby, and she's super cute, and I think you might like her too, if you ever get to meet her sometime. Um, but I wanted to do something really quick here before we jump too far in and start going through uh, something that God's put on my heart for tonight for a sermon series that we're going to be starting here this uh, semester this fall, um, and that's just like a couple of basic, basic ground rules, okay? So um, I don't know how many of you have been coming here for super long. I just need that one light out of my eyes so I can see y'all. Um, some of you might be new as sixth graders, but just so you know, I want to kind of set a foundation of floor so that we can get, so we can accomplish things this fall, okay? So each of you is going to have a youth leader, right? You already know that. Those youth leaders are going to help lead your small group. Hopefully you've had an opportunity to meet them already. Some of you are sitting by them. That's a great uh, way to start the night is just to hang out with them, see, see them say, hey, we can play games or whatever up front. Um, I'm asking of you as students to show them the utmost respect, okay? Like, like there's parents, there's God, and then your youth leaders is just under parents. So you don't have to do absolutely everything they say, but basically everything they say, I would really appreciate if you show them the very most respect, okay? If you can't do that, um, then it's not going to happen. You can do that, okay? You can show them the very most respect, and we can have a super productive year. I'm speaking especially to maybe um, some of our younger kids who maybe you just want to be a little wild, or you got a drink out there, and then all of a sudden you have sugar in you, and you're just hyped. So I'm just asking you to show them some respect. Secondly, second rule, um, when these doors close and we start worship, I really would appreciate if you save the bathroom breaks until after the message, okay? In your transition from, from the message to small group, you can go to the bathroom really quick and then head over to your small group room. But before that, just try to go to the bathroom before we start worship and then not go in and out of those doors all night long, okay? Because when you step out, you step out of an opportunity that God can speak into your life, whether it's in worship or it's in the message or it's in something that's happening. Oh, this mic just died, Josh. It had a red flashing light on it and I didn't listen. Um... So when you step out of the doors of this room, you're going to miss out on an opportunity for God to speak into your life, okay? And I really, really, really want what God has for you to happen this year, tonight, 
every night following this. I want you to encounter the Holy Spirit. I want you to encounter God. Maybe you've never done that before and you have no idea what that means and that scares the crap out of you and that is okay. But you cannot experience it if you're not in this room, if you're not with us, if you're not in community, okay? So unless you get sick, please just try to stay inside these doors, okay? And we're going to have security people out there or whatever. They're going to ask you and say like, hey, you're not, this is not the time when you to go to the bathroom. And if you don't have like a valid excuse, a real reason or something, you know, I'm saying like it's already coming out, okay? Don't leave the room. You don't have to. It's good, okay? All right, cool. I'm going to head back up here. For just a second, does that sound cool? Can we all agree to those two terms? Yeah. What were they again? Okay, start with number one. Let's show the utmost respect for our leaders. And number two, bathroom breaks before worship or before small group, okay? Awesome. Thank you so much. We are going to accomplish so much more this year just because of that. All right, Josh, you can start us off on the slideshow. So, guys, I'm wearing this really cool shirt. And it has the date on it, and it's part of our merch drop, and you're going to see this after small groups tonight. It's going to be a great, really cool thing. A bunch of student leaders are already wearing them, but this one that says Apprentice is going to start off our sermon series on spiritual formation, okay? We're talking about this year, our motto is going to be to be with Jesus, so that's us in this place, that's us on our own, that's us with Jesus, Then by doing that, we're going to become like Jesus, right? By practicing the things of Jesus, by learning, by listening to him. And then we get to do what Jesus did. did. Do you guys know what Jesus did? He died on the cross. That's one of the things. But I'm talking about everything before he died on the cross and after. Miracles. He did miracles, yeah. He, he had miracles. He healed people. He held people. He brought hope, life, peace. And it's, it's in the Bible. It says, you know, that we are God's sons just as Jesus was God's son, is God's son. Right? We have the same power and authority that Jesus had to bring um, amazing change in the world around us, in our families, in our lives around us, okay? So let's dive in a little bit to this. Um, Josh, I totally forget how my slides go. There's the one. That's our model this year. So we're going to be with Jesus. We're going to become like Jesus. We're going to do what he did. And then I'm going to propose this concept to you, Josh. This is the next one. The apprentice is the same as a disciple. So you see on the shirt it says apprentice. And then right here you have your start date, September 2022. And then over here, we have a key verse for the year. And then you have that motto, and then you got our logo. So you got it all in one shirt. All for the price of $9.99. <laughs> Just kidding, it's $10. All right, so talking about this, breaking it down a little bit. I want to challenge you tonight. Um, do you know what it means to truly know Jesus? Like if I said, do you know Jesus? Do you know who he is? Do you know, do you know Jesus? You think you do? For the most part? You either do or you don't. It's a yes or no question. Do you know Jesus or do you not? Yes. Do you know who he is? Yes. Who is he to you? Your father? Your savior? Yeah, he is. So a lot of times as Christians, we talk about following Jesus. And we use terms like fishers of men. We use terms like disciple. We use terms like... Uh, follower of Jesus or follower of the way. But I want to propose this new idea for us this fall as we go into this and we seek to be with Jesus, become like Jesus and do what he did. I want to propose that we look at it like this. We look at it as apprentice. You know, the great thing about an apprentice is we have a couple sitting in the room or at least one. I don't know if Zach considers himself an apprentice, but Brock does, right? Yep. 
Um, an apprentice is not someone that has it all figured out. An apprentice is not someone that knows what they're doing all the time. An apprentice is not someone who uh, even has like any formal training in anything. So if you don't know what an apprentice is, it goes kind of like this. You have someone like a carpenter, right? You know what a carpenter does? Cuts wood, yeah, no. Carpenter builds houses, okay? So they're gonna build buildings, houses, they're gonna work with wood to build structures, okay? But you can't just go to school and get a four-year degree writing papers and listening to classes to become a carpenter. Instead, you have to become an apprentice first. You have to go to school with your boss. You basically follow them around all day, you do whatever they say, and you imitate exactly what they do. Okay, so in order for um, me to go and become a carpenter, what I need to do is find someone first to learn from. So in our lives, we want to be like Jesus, right? So who should we learn from then? Exactly. Let's follow Jesus around and figure out how to become like him in that way, to be his apprentice. So our goal tonight is to go on a journey together. I'm asking each one of you, leaders, students, uh, whether you know Jesus or not, whether you're experiencing this for the hundredth time or the first time. Hey, guys in the front row, let's lose the phones, please. Thank you. Rule number three, please leave your phones away. And if you want to take notes, I will personally pay for uh, notebook for you. You can take notes in a notebook and I would love that because then you can look back on it in small group and all that stuff. But we don't need to take notes on your phone because you're totally going to get a text or a Snapchat or an Instagram notification and not listen to the rest of the conversation. Okay, great. Thank you. But I want to invite you onto this journey, okay? We're going to learn some for the very first time and probably some of us for the hundredth, thousandth, millionth time, what it means to know Jesus and follow in his footsteps, okay? And we're going to start the year off that way because by starting that way, we can build a foundation of what it means to know Jesus, and then we can go and do amazing things for him. We can learn about the Holy Spirit. We can learn about God the Father. We can learn how he transforms our lives. We can learn what it means to walk in purity. We can learn what it means to help our friends through suicide, depression, what it means to battle those things on our own. But until we know how to follow Jesus, we can't do any of those things. All that is is just knowledge because we're missing the link between the Holy Spirit and ourselves, which is Jesus. All right, let's dive into the Bible here for a second. Uh, maybe not a second, but let's dive into the Bible anyways, right? So we're going to be in Mark here to start. Uh, how does the Bible go? Matthew, Mark. We're going to start in chapter 1. Another thing, not a rule, but a suggestion. If you're going to bring a notebook, you should bring a Bible too because there's an opportunity for you to check this stuff out and highlight it and find it in your Bible and not just look at it on a screen, okay? But we're going to be Mark 1.17. It's up there on the screen and it's as simple as this. It's the invitation to you and me. It's come, follow me. Jesus said this to um, two disciples as they were fishing. He said, and I will send you out to fish for people. Um, if we back up just a little bit, you can see that Jesus was walking alongside the Sea of Galilee. He saw a man named Simon. He saw his brother Andrew. And they cast a net into the lake. And they were fishermen. And it was as simple as that. In other parts of the Bible where they tell the same story, you might have heard the story where they didn't catch all, any fish all night. And all of a sudden Jesus said to cast his nets on this side of the boat and they filled them up. But for here and right now, it's as simple as Mark 1.17. Jesus is inviting us to fish for people. What in the world does that mean? Any ideas for me? Katrina, what do you think? To invite people to Christ? That's a good good answer. Any other buddies? Oh, other people. <laughs> you guys can be buddies, I guess. Any other answers? That's a really good one. Maybe you got it. 
Katrina gets the prize. There's not an actual prize, but if you pay really close attention, wait, do you have one? What's your answer? That's okay. All right, so what does it mean to fish for people? Well, I'm gonna ch- I'm gonna just say this, go a little bit deeper. Maybe older kids can grasp this better. Maybe it makes it come alive to younger kids. When I heard this for the first time, it was something new for me. So fish for people was an idea in the Old Testament. Did you know that there were teachers in the Old Testament that went to, into the synagogues and they taught? They were called um, Pharisees or Sadducees, right? And they taught the people the laws of Jewish culture. They said, oh, you can't do these things, you can't do these things, you have to clean yourself this way. And when they had an apprentice, they were considered to be people that, that uh, like fish for people. They taught people. They, they brought people along on a journey. So what Jesus was really inviting these disciples to do when he said, I'll teach you how to fish for people, he was saying, I'm a teacher, and I will teach you what it's like to teach other people. As simple as that. So Jesus is inviting us on a journey to find out what it's like to tell people about Jesus. Right, Katrina? You got it. All right. And then in Mark 2.17, he says this. And this is where I kind of want to stop just for a second. Um, I can't stop for too long because we're going to run out of time. But stop just for a second in Mark 2.17. It's up there on the screen. Um, we're halfway into the paragraph here. It says, Jesus said to them, it is not healthy. It is not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. He said, I have not come to call the righteous, but I have come to call the sinners. And so right there is an opportunity for you. Are are you disqualifying yourself already? So what was happening here was Jesus stepped into, uh, let's go back in that chapter. I don't know how many of you have your Bibles, but if we're in Mark 2.17, and we go up to chapter 13, um, Jesus was uh, out beside a lake, and a, a large crowd came to him. Uh, he began to teach to them, and as he walked along, he saw Levi sitting at a tax collector's booth. He said to Levi, follow me. Jesus told him, and Levi got up and followed him. While Jesus was having dinner at Levi's house, many tax collectors and sinners were eating with him, and his disciples as well were there. There were many people at that time that were following Jesus. When the teachers of the law, who were the Pharisees, we just talked about them a second ago, when they saw Jesus eating with sinners and tax collectors, and they asked his disciples, why does he eat with tax collectors and sinners? Do you see back in the Bible times, they really didn't like tax collectors? Probably about as much as your parents like paying taxes right now. Uh, maybe a little bit more because they were living in poverty and they had just every little extra taken away from them. Um, but then chapter 17, Jesus says this, On hearing, why do I eat with tax collectors and sinners? He said, it's not for... It's not for the righteous that I have come, but for the sinners. That's me, you, and everyone in between, right? So, let's go um, here to this verse here for just a second. What is this one again? I have to look at it real quick. I didn't write it down because I thought I was going to remember, but it's Matthew 16, 24. Let's grab a little context on what God has for us in Matthew 16, 24. Okay? We're a little bit further into Jesus' ministry here um, in Matthew 16. Uh, He is with Peter. He's been declared the the Messiah, the King of the Jews. He's been declared to be the chosen one that's going to lead Jerusalem into a new generation, into a new kingdom. Um, Simon Peter's there with him, and he said, You are the Messiah, the Son of the living God. Earlier in that chapter, and then we go on a little bit further to number 24, and Jesus said to his disciples, um, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. 
And then he goes on, he says, for whoever wants to save their life will lose it, but for whoever loses their life for me will find it. What good will it be for someone to gain the whole world yet forfeit their soul? Or that, or what, what can anyone give in exchange for their soul? For the Son of Man is going to come in his Father's glory with angels and then with all, with, I'm sorry, with angels, and then he will reward each person according to what they have done. So truly I tell you, some who are standing here will not taste death before they see the Son of Man coming in his kingdom. Uh, so he's predicting there is death, but to catch on to that, that big part there in chapter 24 that we highlighted on the shirt here, it says, Jesus said to his disciples, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. So let's go backwards, Josh, for a second. Let's go back to the, the slide once before, right? right? Mark 1.17, Jesus says, come and follow me, and I will send you out to fish for people. Who wants to go on that journey? Show of hands would be awesome. Who wants to go on that journey? It's so bright up here, guys. Do you all want to go on that journey? That's great. Good from the starting place. We have unity and community, okay? Moving on, he says, it's not for the righteous that I have come, for this, but for the sinners. Who, who in the room is a sinner tonight? Jason, did you not raise your hand? Okay, good. No worries. We're all sinners in the room tonight, right? We're only saved through Jesus. So Jesus then gives us this command, Matthew 16, 24. I'm sorry it's not on the screen, but he says, when... Uh, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves, must take up their cross and follow me. Now, what does that mean? Does that mean we're going to jump up onto a hill? We're going to get nailed to a cross after being whipped and beaten and we're just going to die? It, it could mean that, but it, it doesn't in this case. Uh, it means that Jesus is inviting us on a journey where we learn to no longer be who we are in the flesh. So we no longer learn to be, uh, that we learn to be who we who we were created to be and not who uh, we naturally are, can I say? That not who, uh, let me collect my thoughts for a second here. Jesus is inviting us on a journey to experience what it means to live in freedom. To experience what it means to live in, in community with each other in community with the Father, in community with the Holy Spirit. And since you all want to go on that journey, I want to help steward you through the spiritual formations that will help us become followers of Jesus or apprentices of Jesus. Um, I want to challenge you here just for a second. Um, people say that your choices matter, right? Yes, no, yes. I like lots of feedback. If you give me lots of feedback, I'll just, I'll just keep going more. Not too much, though, because we've got to be done just a second. Uh, people say that your choices matter, but I will go a little bit further than that, and I will say that everything that you do or do not do will affect who you become. Okay? So whether you're choosing to pay very close attention right now or whether you're choosing to talk to the person next to you, or whether you are excited to be here later tonight, or whether you have to go home and study, it will change who you become in one way or another. Some decisions will be more significant than others, but every decision will change who you become. And if we want to, to follow in step with apprenticeship to Jesus, if we want to walk in his footsteps to follow in the way of Jesus, then we need to start by realizing that every decision we make 
whether you're down there, whether you're at school, whether you're in your home, whether you're with your friends, that it's going to change and impact who you become, right? And that includes who you become in Jesus, right? He offers the freedom to step out of sin. But he doesn't say that when you step out of sin, you're going to be good. He doesn't say when you step out of sin, your anger problem is going to be gone or you're going to be able to have the perfect patience in every situation. He says that when you do that, he'll walk right alongside you and help you be better, right? So today, each of you has a choice. This will be the last slide, Josh. Today, each of you has a choice. And some of you know Jesus, right? You already said that, right? Some of you maybe don't know Jesus. And I could give you a cliche opportunity to close your eyes and raise your hand and say, oh, I'm ready to rededicate my life to Jesus. And I, I honestly kind of wanted to do that. Um, but I've decided to kind of wait on that. I don't really want to do that right now. Um, if you want to, to follow Jesus, if you want to take that step right now, you're more than, like, do that. Don't wait. Um, do that with your leader. Come up to me afterwards. Whatever you need to do. But as a, as a community, as a whole room, what I'm asking you is to really ponder this today, tonight, this week, until next week, until we come back and talk about our next uh, next thing, or, or the practices of Jesus. To really ponder what your next step is. Recommitting your life to Jesus is not a next step at all. It's a start. It's an action. But your next step needs to be like way more specific than that. Your, your, your next step needs to be like, oh, I need to break up with my boyfriend because like we're not doing things that I should be. Or I need to break up with my girlfriend because we're not doing things that we should be. Or it might be, I can't talk to this friend for like a couple weeks because I need to get my heart right and this friend is not helping me do that. It might be like, I need to uh, leave my computer or my cell phone on the counter so that I don't look at it longer than I should or at things that I shouldn't. That's what I'm talking about about next steps. I want you to find a specific thing in your life that you can change tonight to tomorrow in this moment and shift your world, okay? Because everything that you do or do not do, whether that's a good thing that you need to step into, maybe it's reading your Bible every day. Start at Mark, right there in Mark. You can find the verses that we just talked about. Maybe it is being in quiet time. Maybe it is, uh, I don't know what it is for you, okay? Maybe it's listening to worship music a little bit more than you would listen to other music. Maybe it's praying more often. Maybe it's finding a quiet moment with God. But start thinking, what is my next step, okay? And if you don't know Jesus, you have the same opportunity, okay? You can give your life to Jesus. You can, and I want you to do that. But don't stop there. Don't say, oh, I'm a Christian now. That, that's a start. What's your next step? What are you going to do to start following Jesus? What are you going to do to truly become an apprentice? Because right now... Uh, uh, let's use uh, Brock for an example again. I'm sorry, Brock. They probably don't even know who you are because like your first week. But Brock's back there in the back corner. He's an electrician apprentice. Brock, if you declare yourself an electrician apprentice, right? Like it's electrician, right? Yeah. Okay, good. Uh, you declare yourself an apprentice. You sign the contract. You start getting paid. Does that is it? Is it that simple? Does that start making you an electrician? Not at all. You have to start following the lead of the person that's teaching you, right? You have to start doing the mundane, the mediocre, the boring tasks. Because sometimes it's really boring to open my Bible. I'm telling you what, guys. Like, I've been on an emotional energy low um, for a multitude of reasons. But one, because my baby's only five months old. Okay? 
And I do not want to spend any emotional energy trying to connect to God because it's so much easier to watch TV or something. But it's the mundane task of getting into the word that when I continually do it and I press into the spirit of God and I press into the Bible, into his teaching, that he can actually connect with me. Because if I don't step into those moments, he leaves, it, it, I, I can't grow. I can't become closer to Jesus. I cannot become an apprentice of him. Okay? Did you catch on to that? Are you thinking in your head, what's my next step? You guys are so quiet. Are you thinking in my head, what's your next step? All right, I hate to leave you on a really heavy note there. It's not intended to be that, okay? But I really want to start this seriously. I really want you to understand that I want to be here with you so badly. And I want to have so much fun with you at youth. I really do. But first, I want us all to be on the same page that we're going to chase after Jesus. That we're going to follow in his footsteps first, and then we're going to have an after party. Then we're going to learn about Jesus at NYC, and then we're going to hang out on Friday morning and have a blast, do whatever we do. Okay? Let's start by following Jesus. We start with a task that may seem very, very boring. Like, just even like stepping into prayer sometimes. It just seems boring. Like, why do I need to? God, God hears my thoughts. Step into the boring things. Step into the mundane things and watch those, that choice to do that instead of the other thing. Change your life. Okay?